So, Mark, how was your National Volunteers Week? I loved it. It was great. I went out to Ealing Church in Darlington. I met a bunch of volunteers that were just amazing. From a classical pianist forced into retirement due to arthritis, to the nana who lost a daughter and granddaughter since COVID. They were like a bunch of really amazing people that just reminded me how fantastic our community volunteers are. Did your tea making pass muster? That's what I want to know. In a word, no. They stopped me and took over because I wasn't doing it right. Where did you head? So, well, I was in St Aidan's in North Tyneside to meet the team there who could not have been more welcoming. And they were joined by about sort of half a dozen kids and staff from the local secondary school too. So it was a really lovely mix of generations and people who'd been part of the volunteering group for ages, alongside some people who'd only been coming for a couple of weeks. But Mark, they would hardly let me in the kitchen. (laughs) I like to think that I make a really good cup of tea. Okay, I'm very good at the nuances of tea, whether you want it not very milky or very I'm very good at that but I had to elbow my way in and then I paused for a little chat with one of the ladies who used to work for the fire brigade and she was telling me all about that and by the time I turned around you know all the washing up had been done it was like it was an incredibly slick operation same thing I totally get it (laughs) however that's almost the end of the week yeah it is so here we are for one final volunteer week special and I think this one's a bit of an unusual one. Yeah, so shall we do the proper introductions? Go on then. Thanks for joining us. Mark and Fiona are on a slice of bread and butter. We're a charity that delivers affordable food to the heart of deprived neighbourhoods to help nourish communities and act as a catalyst for change. Yeah, so we offer a diverse range of food at deeply discounted rates, which means our members can save money on their shopping but also feed their families healthily and access all kinds of other support too, right in the heart of their communities. And this is the place where we meet and chat with our members and volunteers to hear about how using the bread and butter thing makes a difference to their lives. So this is our fourth and final National Volunteer Week special. We've been using this National Week as the chance to recognise and celebrate the immense contribution that volunteers make to our work. Yeah. And we're talking about some of the benefits that come from volunteering too, like reducing social isolation, building self-confidence to improving skills and employability. So today we're talking to some of our trustees. These are the people who steer the direction of the bread and butter thing and keep us on the straight and narrow. Yeah, and I think it's really easy to forget that all charity trustees are volunteers too, right? We're so lucky to have a brilliant and really engaged group of trustees. You know, sort of a couple of them, Will and Greg, went out to our hubs this week, you know, in Warrington and to visit our friends in Old Leak. You know, so they were absolutely partaking in everything that was going on. (laughs) I've seen the photos, yeah. (laughs) But we also chatted to four of them for this podcast about their work on the board and what it's meant to them. So let's hear from... Inga, Geoffroy, Graham and Francis. Hi, I'm Graham, Graham Douglas. I'm a trustee at the Bread and Butter Thing and my background is kind of retail supply chains. I was with Asda, then Morrison's, which is how I first got involved with Bread and Butter Thing, where I was group supply chain director and knew Mark from a previous life there. And I'm now at Acado as supply chain director there. Obviously, I know this, Graham, because we know each other, but <laughs> how long have you been involved? Ah, that's a good question, actually. How long have I been involved? <laughs> Probably about four or five years. 
I'm going to say five years. When you approached me and told me about the bread and butter thing, it was something I really admired and really fancied getting involved in. I come from a, a long line of people who've been involved in the church in Scotland and my grandfather and great-grandfather were actually missionaries in India and my great-grandfather won the Empire Medal for Famine Relief in Nagpur way back in the 1800s somewhere. So I guess this sort of thing's always been slightly in my DNA and being involved in food supply chain for 20, 30 years you see a lot of food waste, which frustrates the life out of you. And you just think there must be a better way. It just seemed logical to get involved. And the great thing was Morrison's were happy to support me in giving some time up for that and support with food. So it was a perfect fit, really. And it's been brilliant for us, the legacy that you left behind with Morrison's. That relationship really has gone from strength to strength with bread and butter. I've really enjoyed seeing the charity grow and when you read our social impact statement, it kind of gives you an enormous sense of pride. When I see the level of deprivation, not getting any better with cost of living and food inflation, etc., and utility prices, there's just so much need out there that you just want to get more and more involved. And, you know, I'm at the stage now, I know I don't look it clearly, but at the stage now of getting closer to retirement and you think you'd want to give back from a life in corporate there's just so much food waste out there and so much opportunity to put that food to better use. Couldn't agree more. Of all the other trustees around the table, what would you say to them is the area of expertise that you bring to the board? Food supply, warehousing, logistics, transport, those sorts of things. Anything from advising how to lay out new warehouses I must have visited more warehouses than most people have hot dinners over my career. There's nothing like going around a warehouse. I do find them quite interesting. I think for me as well, there's just looking at what other opportunities there are and where I can help. And then it's the other things that you just don't expect. So, you know, a few months ago, I took a call from somebody I'd worked with at Morrison's, but who'd left as well, hadn't been in touch with for ages. And he'd moved into a new business and had some spare food and was thinking, not sure what to do with this, and then thought, hang on a minute, Graham's a trustee of a food charity, so rang me out the blue and said, look, do you want this? I was like, yeah, but can you deliver it? And, you know, suddenly we've got four trucks of, I can't even remember what it was now, but it was something we could use. It's just keeping those connections so that you take opportunities as they arise. Very much so, and that definitely is the nature of bread and butter. It's um, quite a stark contrast to the planned and organised well-oiled machine that you run on a day-to-day -day basis. It is, but I think that's one of our unique strengths. It's that wherewithal that we will just grab stuff and run with it. Yeah. Okay, so what have you found the most surprising about your however many years journey it is <laughs> with bread and butter? Sadly, one of the surprising things is just the scale of the need out there. You would almost like to think that there just wasn't that depth of need for our services, but there just is. So the number of people we've helped, the number of meals we've provided, the amount of tonnes of food that we've stopped going to somewhere that's less useful, there's a bit of me thinks it's shocking that that need is there and that other bodies, governmental bodies, aren't doing more about it. But we are where we are and we play our part, so... I couldn't agree more. 
So I'm going to round this up and ask you, do you have any message that you would like to share in the National Volunteer Week with all your fellow bread and butter volunteers, be they drivers, hub volunteers, behind the desk, whatever? To everybody who helps, particularly the hub volunteers who are packing bags in all weathers and the drivers who are going out there at all times of day in all weathers and fighting through traffic to make sure that we never leave a hub without food and our members without food. It's just a huge thank you. It's such an impressive model that so many of our members volunteer the amount of hours they give to make sure that we can meet this need and keep growing never ceases to amaze me and actually those are the people who do a lot more than myself as a trustee in terms of the number of hours I'm able to devote to this so it's just a huge thank you huge thank you my name is Francis Francis Kitson I work as a government lawyer and currently working at the department for transport I really am genuinely interested in food and everything to do with food, including eating and cooking it particularly. I was very attracted to the idea of getting involved in a charity that is connected to food and food waste in particular, which I think is a complete scandal in this wealthy country. So when the opportunity came up, I jumped at it. I was looking for an opportunity to replace what I'd been doing in my voluntary work as a lead governor for a an NHS Foundation Trust hospital and I'd come to the end of my maximum term and I wanted to try a different sector and I just happened to see the advertisement and I thought it looked really interesting. I hadn't heard of bread and butter but I thought oh yes this sounds very worthwhile as well as being very interesting for me personally. So how long have you been involved now? Coming up for a year so I'm a relative newbie. Why did you want to be a trustee of a charity? I've done lots of different sorts of voluntary work, as parents often are, been involved in PTA, but trusteeships have additional responsibilities and can make a real difference to the effective running of an organisation. What do you get out of it? I think any sort of voluntary work doesn't really work unless it's a two-way process, because it won't get done well. So I'm doing it because I want to learn more about the food industry. Food poverty is a complete and utter scandal in this country. And if I can do anything, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit to help address that, I will benefit from that as well as I hope the charity benefiting from whatever I can bring. It's a really interesting point that you raise, Francis, because volunteering shouldn't be seen as purely altruistic. You should look to get something out of it yourself as well, really. Yes. And I, I think if that can help you develop in your professional life or in other aspects in the community that's great it's a win-win situation yeah absolutely so do you do any other volunteering i've been a trustee of two small local charities one helping non-english speakers learn basic level english and another one helping severely challenged generally single parent families with young children but at the moment bread and butter is the only voluntary work i'm doing other than occasionally taking Max the dog as a therapy dog to the hospital because it's it's great fun and Max is a celebrity and I'm merely the human on the end of the lead. But it's very, very rewarding. I, I think my dog needs therapy rather than be a therapy dog. <laughs> <laughs> they Look, they all sound very different. So how do they differ to working with bread and butter? The trusteeships feel in many ways quite similar. I suppose that's because of the skills that I bring. You know, my expertise is governance and legal risk. In all of my trusteeships, I have been 
absolutely amazed at the quality and the skills that people bring in their spare time to these organisations, whether it's a tiny little local charity or a large, almost national charity like Bread and Butter is at the moment. It's endlessly amazing and uplifting. That's really interesting. And specifically how you talk about the kind of mix of the expertise, etc., that everybody brings to the board. So what's your area of expertise? I think of quite a forensic way of looking at things. I'm not familiar with the food industry or haven't been at all. So in some ways that can be quite helpful in that you come in and you're able to look at things in a dispassionate way without baggage, if you like. Yeah, I do see that. Some of us are so experienced and used to it. It's too natural to us. And we forget that we have to explain a lot of the intricacies, should we say, of the food industry at times. So tell me about current experiences and what have you found the most interesting, surprising, exciting to date? The rapid expansion. I mean, I think a year ago, what's happened in the intervening 12 months, you probably didn't anticipate half of it. Uh, and I shouldn't be surprised, and I'm not surprised, but thrillingly, the volunteers, they are just endlessly amazing and awe-inspiring. It could not be done without them. No, I totally agree. And I put you in the same category because you're volunteering your time as well, which is what this is all about, really. But really, it's the people on the ground, the people who get their hands dirty and cold, and they go out in all weathers, put food in bags, when it's freezing cold, they welcome people. Uh, it's humbling. It is absolutely amazing. I'm uh, Inga Thordar. I am from Iceland, so it's a very international board. I've been a journalist for a very long time. I was an editor for BBC and CNN, and I'm now sort of transitioning into a more of a portfolio career focusing on sustainability, gender equality, in particular, and working in the impact space. Geoffroy, I work at Microsoft right now. I've been in the UK for 14 years, originally from France. Yeah, I'm now a trustee of uh, the Bread and Butter as well. I wanted to get into um, trustee world and, and do a bit more volunteering in that area. And I uh, looked at a, quite a lot of charities and the Bread and Butter thing came up and I looked at it and I thought, this is a perfect fit for me. They deal with the environmental side on the sort of downstream and then the social impact on the upstream. And I think it was a brilliant fit. The interview with with Mark, with Jane, was really interesting. I really loved it. And I was like, well, I really want it now. Before I was like, well, see if we are a good fit for each other. And at the end of it, I was like, I hope I'm a good fit for them as well. And since then, you know, I've learned so much in terms of what I get personally out of that is how you run a charity. And I think Bread and Butter is very well run in terms of operations, efficiency. I love this part. The composition of the bread and butter board is very good in that sense, that we all bring something kind of different. I guess what I bring is the sort of communications. We all have like a, a little tagline on the website saying the one with all the questions. I guess that is, uh, <laughs> that's my little superpower is that sort of querying, you know, which probably comes from the sort of journalism. I've really learned from you on, on that. Like you ask those questions like, but if they ask you this, what is your answer? I'm like, well, that's a good answer. And it's like, there is a coaching side for the leadership and of the bread and butter. It's great to see. For me, the biggest learning around this is to learn about food. First of all, the insane amount of waste there is of food, not just sort of from the supply chain, as in food that is perfectly fine, doesn't get to people who need it, but then 
food that is bought and thrown away, this is actually controllable. We can actually just buy the food that we need and eat it, and we can fix the supply chains. That's the kind of work that needs to be done. And for a small charity like the Bread and Butter thing to having such a great impact in those areas, if only the big companies would watch that work and copy it and replicate it, what an incredible amount of difference we could make. The first take-home I took was really like preparing for the first board meeting. It was my first ever. Okay, I was going to prepare questions and all those things. And I was, well, how do we secure the food? Uh, I think like Mark just started with saying like the food is there. It's not a problem. The problem is to get it where it needs to be. Stuck with me since then. I'm like, well, okay, that's really where we are focusing and where the impact is, is seeing that some people don't have it where they could is mind-blowing in the wrong way. And so helping this and having like very efficiently run operations to save this food is for me like uh, really important. You want to volunteer and you want to make a difference. And then you think, how am I going to be most effective? And where am I going to make the biggest difference? I sort of sat down and I thought, well, am I better off exactly doing sort of groundwork, you know, going and doing volunteering? in the warehouses and stuff, which I really enjoy doing? Or can I actually apply all my leadership skills, all my connections in a way that might be more beneficial? And one doesn't exclude the other. When we go up to Manchester to do the board meetings, most of us stay either one night and go and do the volunteering the day before to make sure that we, we support in all levels. I showed up to the uh, depot in Manchester and I'm like, well, here you go. This is what we need you to do. We are going at this time, we'll go to St. Mark's, there is a frozen food, this is how it works. Like, I was taken in charge, I knew what I was going to do, and that's what I wanted of this day. The most I got out of it was engaging with everyone there. I want to go again and, and do it again. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, when you listen to us, that the main thing they come back to is the impact of it. You know, it's not enough just to, oh, I'll just do a few potatoes and put them in a bag and then I'm going to go home. It's like, I really want to see that it's made a difference at the end of it and that it comes to the core of the impact, a systemic change. So if we change the supply chains of food, that will change everything. If we change things on the upper end in terms of making food more affordable, that will make a difference. So it really comes from the heart, everything that we're trying to do, and we want to see the impact from it. And it is some work, so it has to be a charity that you are aligned with and, and speaks to you. So I'm from France and food is really important for us. So it speaks to me and people and engaging with people and making sure that people in need are supported. You help people by helping helping them grow. Like, and that's, I think, a key and a core mission from Bread and Butter. The best time to act is, is now. There is no benefit in waiting. Like If you have this itch, you want to have this impact like volunteering will help and will you can there are so many associations charity out there and bad and better is an amazing one so before i started working for a charity i don't think i'd really engage with what it means to be a charity trustee and the sort of quite heavy-duty legal governance and sort of strategic responsibilities that they have, and yet they're still volunteers. I know. It takes a special kind of person to take on that responsibility, I think. Says you, the charity trustee. <laughs> you know modesty is my middle name. <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. But Inga, Francis and Geoffroy all talk about the recruitment process and how they joined the board. And it really feels as though they were auditioning us 
as much as we might have been interviewing them. And so it's clearly important that they get the right fit of people, that it chimes with people's passions and their skills. And so what's the secret for you? You know, how do you build a good board of trustees? Not easily is the simple answer, but it's a bit like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. We knew that we needed to expand the board to bring new specialisms. People like Graham are instrumental in our core work, right? Because he's food. But we knew that we also needed support in areas such as finance, technology, legal, etc., etc. So it's a way of bringing expertise into the organisation. Uh, and we were clear about identifying which areas of our operation would benefit from additional skills. But these people are also responsible for supporting the strategic development of the charity too. And they hold us accountable for our work. So it's really important to find people who have vision and a clear understanding about how to build strong organisations. I think we were really lucky to have found a really dynamic, engaged group of committed individuals that can do this. Essentially, they're collectively your boss or sort of our bosses. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So what's the relationship like between you and the board? There was a bit where we really had to get used to each other because we really had this step change in the board. But in all honesty, they're just like critical friends, you know. We know they're on our team, but they're also responsible for asking the big questions or or the hard questions and interrogating our plans and making sure they're robust. But this external eye and probing makes us better, stronger and more ambitious as an organisation. The things that they were talking about, does their experience echo yours as a trustee of Food Cycle? Yeah, I'd say so. I've been part of Food Cycle on the Board of Trustees for about eight years and I'm there to support Mary with the growth and activity. They run community dining events, so they're really a different kind of food support. But we have several parallels in combating social isolation and using surplus food. I guess I'm there to bring expertise in food and growth. So well, this sort of all got me thinking about the other people Mm -hmm. who offer up their skills sort of from their desk. You know, we routinely have like squads of corporate volunteers coming into the warehouses who are all amazing. Exactly. But we also have this sort of quiet network of people from our corporate supporters who give us their time too. They do. And I guess as a charity, we're conscious about keeping our headcount down, right? So there are inevitably areas where we only have basic skills and really value the support of our corporate partners. So we have some fantastic corporate partners like Sodexo, where we can benefit from their economies of scale in areas like procurement or the latest software technology, which we just simply wouldn't be able to afford or understand without their expertise. And all these things are there to (laughs) help us be more effective and Yeah, so I've had some fantastic support from volunteers who kept to the comfort of their desks. But, you know, sort of an honourable mention to my former colleague, Judy, who just puts in hours crafting our awards entries each year. Yeah, we love Judy. Yeah, I mean, just it's such an amazing support for us. And then we've had people in companies who've made bread and butter thing their sort of charity of the year. You know, people like ECI who are helping with data entry for the website or our Neighbours Supreme on, you know, Trafford Park, whose design team are like my angels. You know, talking about basic (laughs) skills. (laughs) Anyone who's been on our Instagram will have seen that my design skills are... 
very much in their infancy. So to have that kind of support, it's just a complete lifesaver. Yeah, totally get it. Uh, people are enormously generous with their time. And in my experience, are often really pleased to be asked to share the things that they're good at. And employers recognise how much volunteering can bring to their employees. So we see lots of people donating their two or three annual days to do a whole range of things for us. What we should be really clear here, Mark, is that we're open to offers. Always. Always open to offers, Fiona. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what we should do now? I'm going to regret saying this, but give everyone a cheer. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we've reached the end of a really brilliant week. You know, we've served hundreds of cups of tea and cake and donuts and sweets and flowers and said thank you a lot to our volunteers at our hubs and our warehouses and on the road. And, you know, we should give now our trustees and all of our corporate volunteers a big round of applause. I couldn't say it better myself. So... Until next time, if you'd like to know more about the bread and butter thing and what we get up to, you can find us at Team TBBT on Instagram and Twitter, on LinkedIn or online at breadandbutterthing.org. And if you have any feedback or thoughts on the podcast or ideas about what we should be talking about next, get in touch with us by email at podcast at breadandbutterthing.org. Finally, we're always open to new members at all of our hubs. If you or someone you know would benefit from our affordable food scheme, you can find your nearest hub on the join us pages of the website. And please do all the things that podcasts ask you to do. You know, like us, subscribe, leave us a review, share us with your friends, chat about us on social, tell your mum. <laughs> and join us again soon. That's the important bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell your mum. And there are some more episodes coming in the pipeline. Uh, Particularly, we've got some really interesting chats with a couple of members about an exciting new project that we've been trialling with Lloyd's. Can't wait. Until then, goodbye. See you soon.